Hello, and welcome to a special editor's opening for the Invisible Sister podcast of Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. Invisible Sister stars Rowan Blanchard, who is also the star of Girl Meets World, which is what the podcast usually talks about. I'm Dan, and I'm doing a special intro because originally we were going to do Raw Raw and Invisible Sister together. So now this episode about Invisible Sister has no opening. Enjoy the show. Keith and Gatlin are also here. Alright, let's get into this so we can figure this whole thing out. This movie was Awesome City, Totally the Bomb. Alright, so we really, we really, as far as, like, for a decom, I guess we should, we should, I think we should preface this by, like, we enjoyed decoms growing up. Disney Channel movies are cheesy and silly and tropic and low budget, but they're <laughs> fun. This one. This was yeah, this one's budget. pretty, this one's pretty, for a, you know, original movie, pretty high budget. But, yeah, so we enjoy them. I come in with a certain, like, knowing that this movie is going to be tropic, it is going to be by the book, it's going to be a little, like overly sweet at moments but i it's just but like, like if it wasn't like that i'd be disappointed because yeah. I, I didn't get my decom experience yeah. and i think that there's like legitimate characterization going on in this movie i think the tone is great i guess i like i like the tone of the movie i like the atmosphere a lot yeah. too that like that is like the biggest thing, it felt though. like a real town it was yeah. a fun place to be with the characters and yeah. i love the sets i love the locations i love the ideas of the locations yeah. It was it really interesting they put it in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It was yeah. cool. But the, they didn't make it super gimmicky. Right. They didn't play it up. It just was nice yeah. in there. The music felt right. Like, it wasn't too much. It was just, like, a, I mean, like a little melodic here and there, but generally just peppy, but not overly in your face with its poppiness. Yeah. Uh, it was good, like, jazzy, bluesy soul music. It was almost like Ray Charles, a little bit like Dr. John in there. Nice cinematography. Not, not literally them, just stylized. Yeah. Nice cinematography that reminds us of, like, our childhood in 90s movies and, like, just solid sets and... All right, so Good I, visceral... Yeah. Um, again, this is where we're going to get to the, the argument of I don't have the word for it yet. Yeah. But um, just uh, relatable. Yeah. Place. It's something you can feel like you can step into pretty easily. Yeah. I, I think that Cleo was a solid character that had layers... That went through an arc. We can talk about how how well the morals went or whatever. But I think that her relationship with her sister was solid. I think all the actors are pretty solid. Um, we got Eli here, if you're a Boy Meets World fan, mm-hmm. as her teacher. Eli Whitney, inventor of the cotton gin. Yeah, so it's just a really fun movie. I'm going to give it a B. I think it's just, like, at the end of the day, it's it's very, very tropic. Very, like, Freaky Friday in numerous ways. Very, like... We're going to have the scene where we scare this person. We're going to have the scene where we win at a sports game in an unconventional way. We're going to have <laughs> the, like, party scene, you know. We're going to have, like, this person be, you know, the heartfelt moment of conflict and all that stuff. But it was just enjoyable and fun and, I, you know, there's a lot of funny moments, yeah. so. Yeah. Rowan's great in it, even though she's definitely the not Riley. Riley. I don't say the opposite, but she's definitely not Riley. Yeah. And there's a few moments where she's... Got a little bit of that thrown in there, but she it's fun to see her deviate from that role and still totally 
pull it off and totally fall into it. Mm. I think um, her sister Molly, which was it um, Paris, yeah, yeah. She she's they play sisters really well together. Yeah, it was fun to watch them too. They have chemistry. It worked. I liked the whole like Mardi Gras Dorothy thing. Yeah. It was so awkward, <laughs> but it was like I mean, at least they thought of something. Yeah. And there was, like, actually some intelligent little bits put in here as far as, like, starting with the Cowardly Bear, and then Molly becomes the Cowardly Bear, and then Carter becomes Honey. Like, the way that that goes from thing to thing uh-huh. to thing, I think that all follows through nicely. Yeah, and Carter, I think, is is a good character, too, I because really he's like not... Carter. He's not really any stereotype. And you know what, Dan? This is the good time you can talk about what you said about Carter. About how he's like Lucas. Yeah. But, in my opinion, in this hour and 15 minutes is better than Lucas and a more complex and realistic and relatable character because so he's similar to Lucas in that he is very smart he doesn't good at chemistry he is an athlete which we don't really see that but he has the letterman jacket. he's on the soccer team yeah oh he's on the soccer team yeah yes. okay and he is a general good dude, and he's kind of awkward the way Lucas can be yeah, awkward kind of goofy um, but we don't get the but he's also like gets He's vulnerable. Yeah, he's vulnerable, and he but he also like gets angry and has conflict in a believable way. It's not like he's like getting rageful like Lucas. He's just like he isn't gonna always be the nice, perfect dude. Yeah, he's He's just he's frustrated with the situation, and it it felt believable as an adolescent. Yeah, and how an adolescent would react to the. He's not. He's not narrating the world around him. He's not (laughs) expounding these moral high grounds. He's not the cowboy. He's just a guy who's pretty good at science and likes playing soccer. Like I'm just a guy. (laughs) Yeah. And the honey bit is adorable. Oh my (laughs) god. I love the honey thing so much. Because she's just like, what are you doing? What are you? He's like, well, you were a honey. You were a bear. So cute. Anyways. You guys haven't graded. I give it a B. Because I have, because it's a decom, yes. and it's not, <laughs> it's not an out of the park decom, though it's a very good decom, and I have some, I have issues with it. That's, okay, here's the funny thing. So if I went back and I looked at a bunch of decoms that I loved, I wonder. I'll be ashamed. If, I wonder, as far as ranking wise, if I might actually, against other decoms, give this an A. I might. I have, Maybe. like, I have to go back and look in my brain. Maybe it's more of like a B plus compared yeah. to some of like, I mean, the best ones. It was a are really solid good. production. I have to yeah. say, I haven't really kept up with the, yeah. the decoms, but I have a as of late an <laughs> awareness of what a lot of them are, and I can say that this seems to have made strides above what the the recent standard yeah. has been. I think it's a solid production. It looks like they dumped a lot of money into it. The effects are solid and, and tasteful. Yeah. The writing is pretty good. We haven't said the costuming. That's like one of yeah. my favorite things. Oh, yeah. The dre- well, the dress of the... I should say, not just the back of costumes, but right. the dress of the characters. How it becomes so colloquial. It's like everything we want in Girl Meets World and they won't give it to us. Yeah. Like, the beginning is how Maya should be dressed on a regular basis, in my opinion, the way Cleo is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, not, it could, or something of a similar tone. Yeah, something, yeah. something, something like that. And, you know, just seeing her, you know, Rowan in jeans and a sweater is, like, so nice. Something that looks like, like uh, somebody, a middle schooler or high schooler, yeah. dress themselves like that in the morning, not yeah. 
like were put into wardrobe. A t-shirt professionally. and flannel, plaid, like yeah. This- it's just that she like they try every day. Like I would occasionally try like to look <laughs> nice for school. Like that extra mile. I mean, yeah. like this is on. This is the day I'm gonna like dress up. Is that what you mean, though? Is it? <laughs> I mean, now I occasionally try <laughs> in college, but in high school, like, I would sometimes go that extra mile, maybe put heels on, or maybe, like, you know, just dress up nicely. But, like, they do it every day, and yeah. I don't know On how. Girl Meets World. Yeah, on Girl Meets World. Keith, have you graded yet? <laughs> I'm sorry, we've had it all over the place with this. I am actually also going to give it a B. Ooh. I liked it a lot. I really liked the feeling of it. It was really an enjoyable movie. It was fun. I love Halloween movies. I think it definitely lived up to the tradition of Halloween decoms. Yeah. Again, Dan, you were saying when we just were skimming through it, the yeah. third act is great. Yeah, third act. Oh, oh I the, just forgot. The opening. Yeah. We all love the opening. The opening is so good. Yeah. The opening is really good. Yeah. If you are a fan of like... Rowan's voice. Just really, <laughs> just like really interesting and like almost poetic openings. Yeah. This movie is for you. It's like got a yeah. really interesting way to set up the whole and movie. I, I, I unfortunately, I don't Invisibility love... Invisibility is everywhere. Yeah. I don't love her ending voiceover, mm-hmm. but this opening voiceover is a nice intro to what is this movie about, the science of the, that the character is scientific, who this character is, what her issue is, all both a very nice cinematic right. opening, and just a warmth... Like a warmth to the to the, to the school. Yes. You're exploring like, the setting already just yeah. by going over thing. Do you yeah. want to talk about the basic of what happens? Or nah, we we're saying if you haven't seen it, go see yeah. it. So, so if you're still listening, you're fools. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just very warm and it feels homey, and that's something that I really love. And I think that Rowan did a very good job here. I do feel like there were a few moments where she slipped a little too much into Riley and just her voice and whatever, but generally I really liked her performance here. I'm just really excited to see where she goes as an actress yeah. as she gets yeah. older. Um, I love punk Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and let's, maybe I love should... the pink streak in her hair. Yeah. Well, so we want to flip into some of the negative Yeah, some stuff. of the issues, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. I'll um, start off and just yeah. say, for me, the game was kind of an issue because literally they cheated. Yeah. And that's just not only okay, but, like... Not even mentioned. Molly is, like, the hero, almost, of it. And on top of that, I just don't like the way that she... Molly pressured Cleo into doing it. Like, literally, the whole thing is, yes, Cleo did it, but, like, of no fault of her own in a really weird freak accident. Cleo did make her invisible. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. It was a weird freak accident that resulted from another weird freak accident. So she's not culpable yeah, at all. It's not, it's, not, it's not even like Cleo was trying to make something yeah. invisible right. and didn't and then, think it through. Yeah. It's not like, like she had like this wild like Frankenstein power yeah. and like <laughs> I should have never meddled with her I didn't belong. Yeah. But it's just so then you know Molly is like guilting her to be her in school and she has to play in the game and that's the whole pressure there but and then again uh, a third layer to that is I don't like that in the end they actually won the game, specifically with Cleo scoring the final goal, the the final crucial goal. I would have much rather her gotten excited about it, you know, learned that there's merit to it and had fun, and and then ran to the final goal and then missed. And they lost just by a little bit. But they played well enough. 
that the scout still wanted Molly and it was all good, but it's just like she got the taste of the thrill. But again, it wasn't just like, oh, again, just because I want something, instant gratification, (laughs) I'm I'm all of a sudden great at it. No, see, I I agree with you at the same time. 2015, the year of instant gratification. (laughs) As the same, I definitely agree with you with that ending thing, specifically the most. I think that that she didn't need to make that shot, and that was a little silly. And in general, like I said, this whole scene is so such a trope. This whole thing, yes. and like television and movies, and I, I can't even count the number of times I've seen the big sports thing where something kooky is happening. Be it like on Smallville, like be it on like Smallville where Clark Kent is playing football and he can throw the football farther than anybody should. Like it's yeah, every, or, or like, she's the man yeah. with Amanda Bynes and the big game. Yeah, it's just so all over the place. But at the same time, that doesn't make it. It was still fun for me, especially seeing her invisibly tackle everybody and, and pushing Rowan along. Athletic Rowan yeah. is just so fun. <laughs> so yeah, fun. it was it was really fun. I, she, I, she makes great faces, like yeah. when she acts in this role. I want to talk about what you said as far as that Molly was guilting her. Yeah, and she was. I can see where you're coming from, based on. The specific dialogue they chose to give that I think that it was a little bit too geared in it towards what you're saying. At the same time, I don't think that there's anything wrong with a sister saying, this is a defining moment for me, please, I need your help, can you please help me and do this for me? It will change my entire life if I don't get into college. Especially given, A, the fact that the movie ends with her with Molly sacrificing the potential of being invisible for her sister and the fact that we learn about Molly's own jealousy at the the trolley sequence and how she knows that everything she has is only useful during high school and that what Cleo has is actually meaningful. Well, I like all those things. I just don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can see how you're making that connection, but I don't like how they didn't call her out enough it's okay mm-hmm. that she did it yeah mm-hmm. i just feel like they didn't call her out enough especially because yeah, right like after that, that she's is... cheating and it's okay yeah. do you know what i mean yeah i think part of my issue is that anything molly does is like considered good in this movie like i don't i feel like her flaws yeah. yeah i feel like her flaws are just that you know she's not good at school and mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah. she hasn't done anything wrong. Honestly, the, so here's the thing. If anything, her sister yeah. misunderstands her, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, so here's the complicated thing. I do want to talk about the whole, they're searching for a moth, they have this big blowout, and then Rowan has her big oh, moth. Moths are yes. drawn what? to the light. Yes, the moths are drawn. So Chloe, Chloe, Cleo, you said Chloe. Cleo is um, very, you know, having this big dramatic monologue about, like, her mistakes and how she... Should have gone to Froyo and all that stuff. We can talk about the effectiveness of that, but I do think that Molly needed that too. Or, or Molly needed when Molly came to her, she needed to more be like, "I've screwed up." Like Molly, Molly needed to, to equally yeah. acknowledge yeah. her own mistakes at that moment when they reconciled. And yes, she does have that scene on the trolley where she says, "I'm jealous of you too," but I think that she needed to admit like. A little bit more like this wasn't your fault that I'm invisible. Mm-hmm. This, you know, thank you for doing what yeah, you did. Yeah, because right now it's all on uh, Cleo. Yeah, and I, that's the thing is, I didn't think that the monologue with Cleo totally worked because it was this big dramatic thing that usually, you know, the trope is always like going into the third act, like everything's falling apart. Whether it's like Eddie's million dollar yeah. cook off or something, it's like, oh, what did I do? Like I have to figure out what I'm gonna do. Like, that's her go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a decom. You know, it's the whole thing of like. 
you know, you, 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 like, or Cadet you, Kelly, yeah. where, like, one of their alternates, they don't know how, they have to do a different, um, yeah. show. I'm just thinking about, so, so like, the ribbons. The, th- the whole thing where, like, things are going up, 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 and then they yeah. get totally torn down just so they can rise again. This is her being totally torn down moment and admitting everything, and it's not a tor- torn down moment enough, it's not earned enough. It The Froyo thing, and the fact that she didn't go to Froyo at the beginning and goes to Froyo at the end, is solid. You think um, that they should but... have gotten a, a more serious argument before she left, yeah. and then they and should have I had a redeeming moment I also think they need, like... Maybe an extra two minutes at the beginning of um, Molly being mean to. No, I was gonna say the opposite. I was gonna say yeah. of Cleo being more actually negative at the beginning. Yeah, because right now it doesn't feel it. Honestly, it just feels re- kind of ridiculous to me of like how much Cleo is made to feel bad about being who she is, mm. and like and she's a punk rock and how offended (laughs) molly is because i really didn't see enough to believe that cleo really is this judgmental sarcastic person i mean i did on the flip side i did like that the movie started out with the popular sister who everybody loves is nice and wants to include the sister too yes because i don't like that's so against the trope and i really did prefer that but it's interesting because even though she's say trying to include her is that she literally does not even understand that she is offering something which she doesn't even want, which is... She's trying to get of, her out of her shell, though. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But, I, doing, but doing a bad job of it, because it's just the jump all of a sudden yeah, to everybody. But I'm not so, these... so I'm not saying she's perfect. My point is that she's trying, and that she's not the mean girl who goes, oh, my sister's such a loser. Like, right, no, that's I, agree. Just such I, a, I agree with that. That's such totally a change in expectations. Especially, I like that in conjunction with the next scene they have, where she is still throwing the party. So mm. it's not like she's perfect. Right. Like, you know, she's, they just have a what feels like a real relationship, in my opinion. Yeah. And so I, I do like that a lot. In a really expensive house. Let's talk house. about the party. The, the party at the, the house? Swap, the, party. the romp and the yeah, swap? No, no, the house party. Okay, yeah. That was a dance, not a party. Okay, sure. It's a romp and the swap. <laughs> okay. Yes, so what about the opening? Do we? I know it's a decom, but do we supposed to believe that there was, like, drinking at this party? See, like, I, I thought I, it was, like, hinted. I think that's what the meatballs yeah. are, guys. Uh... <laughs> I, they, they. Sh- I'm pretty sure solo cups were shown. Yeah. Now yeah. that that can be soda, but right. I actually really appreciated the ambiguity. The no ambiguity. One about yeah, it. they just didn't talk about it. That's the kind of thing that I like. Like you don't have to go super hardcore into it if you're not able to, but you don't have to say, "Oh, I'm getting my soda now." And yeah. like, <laughs> it, like I have preferred that. And juice before the big game. Also, all the girls are coming over with their boyfriends. Like yeah. that whole like. And anyone else who wants to come over. Yeah. And even the fact that they had the implication, like, they didn't have kissing in this movie, mm-hmm. but they had the implication that Coog usually does kiss Molly right. when she didn't, when, uh, as... She's, when she's not invisible. Yeah. When, when he can when find Cleo her. Cleo as Molly recoils from yeah. him. Yes. Yeah. Well, also a funny moment. Uh, while we're talking about funny moments, actually, I want to throw out that I really loved all the stuff with the old lady, yeah. <laughs> with uh, both the invisible driving of the car and then the trolley scene, both really fun. Uh, we haven't talked about the Coog that much. The Coog. The Coog. Coog, the Coog. <laughs> Matthews. Uh, it's funny, it reminds me, I'm going to go on a little tangent here, that there's an ending tag of an uh, um, episode of Community with uh, where they like spoof like stuff, stuff like Animal House or like old, like mm-hmm. stupid yeah. things, and there's a like character, yeah, there's a character named Coogler, 
and he's just like the coog, and he's just going around being the being coogler, and it's like it's like what? it's like me being this. It's like this like um. Dope. It's it's just like um like fake trailer for like a movie around yeah, that, and okay. uh, yeah, so it just reminds me of that. But uh, so the Coog, you guys absolutely hate the Coog. I, I don't totally absolutely I hate him. Half the time, absolutely hate him. A quarter of the time, are I liked him better at the end. Baffled by him, yeah. And a quarter of the time, I thought he was funny. He does seem like the most the 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 element of this movie that and the farting hamster are the two elements of this movie that feel the most like aimed at like lowest common denominator silly goofiness. Yeah. But I enjoy him on how terrible like I enjoy walking how ridiculous and stupid he is, <laughs> and the, I enjoy his. Do you know what I don't understand though is I don't understand him and Molly. Yeah, and you're supposed to see that he's sensitive and he cares about her. Yeah, and he's but a, so what? But she can find what do you someone. Mean, so what? <laughs> I mean, so what? I if mean, that's all that you have. Yeah, I, I believe that she can find someone who's nice and sensitive and has a brain. But yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know what, Dan? He should have been the scarecrow. Mm, yes, that's true. But here's the cowardly bear. Which was great. And uh, I needed that cowardly bear <laughs> because I needed Carter being honey. It was so cute. Do we want to talk? I'll get over how cute that is. Yes, no. Carter was great. Do we want to talk about George and Nikki separately and together? Yeah. Like, George is an interesting character. A little too sidekicky, I think. He's very, I mean, he again is very tropey. But I think the yeah. actor does a solid job, and I like that she had... I also... You know what I really appreciate is that she didn't fall in love with George. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I could definitely see how that, if you describe this, you yeah. know, movie, you could say, oh, of course, this is the next thing that's going to happen. Especially, there was the line where he goes, Molly looks really attractive today, or yeah. something oh, yeah. like that. Oh, but it's not really yeah. Molly. <laughs> it's my best friend yeah. in disguise. Yeah. How did I do that? There'll be a sequel. <laughs> ne- next time, there'll be a sequel, and uh, yeah. they'll finally, after Carter leaves her. Yeah. He reminds me of, like, a like a PG version of the mathlete in Mean Girls, mm-hmm. who's, like... Even though he's not best friends with uh, Katie, the Lindsay Lohan character, just like the, like the handshake that he does with Carter and his like, you know, obsession with the ladies. I mean, to be honest, he reminds me of every best friend and everything ever. Yeah, like he, yeah. he's just he's just like horny. It's movie. just because he's so like he's you know like, he's yeah. the smart. He's just a dorky nerdy guy who wants to have sex. Like that's like, and he's the friend. And he's nice, <laughs> and he's but but I think but I do think the actor does his best with a very yeah. flat character. I think that his stuff with Nikki. I is, liked the actor. Yeah, yeah. I think his stuff with Nikki is sweet, if cliche. Doesn't uh, he have an accent when he plays Jesse? Play, yeah. When he's in also, Jesse. you can hear the accents a few times throughout this. I don't know if I, I feel like it mixes in. I don't know if he usually has an accent or not. Or I don't accent. know. I just mean in Jesse. I thought yeah. Yet, yeah, he does. He does. Um, uh, Nikki is. Another interesting character. I think she's a little too benevolent. They try to make her, like, at first she's the intimidating uh, best friend of Molly, who is, mm. like, a ditz. But then they, I think they... I like that she, like her when she's in the game. That's my favorite part for her, I think. Okay. At least just seeing her, because that character is such a, like, she seems, aside from that aspect, seems like such a, like, ooh, I'm ditzy, girly girl type thing. So the fact that they have that... That uh, contrast. Well, I, I think that that with the bunny scene and a yeah, few do we things want to later, talk about the truth. Scene I think she's and... maybe she's maybe a little too nice as yeah. a character, but she's a very side. It's a very side plot yeah. type of thing. But 
And it's more just to show how what's Molly usually like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but... and Nikki's there to tell us. Yeah. No, they're definitely I just, I, I, the tone of the movie as far as morality wise. I think sides a little too heavily with Molly and her lifestyle, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Especially, well, I, I'm going to save this, but yeah. especially for because one thing in particular. Yeah. Well, I I want to say when you that because I generally agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I do really especially appreciate the trolley scene and her mentioning that the right. things that make me me are do not matter past right. this moment. That was a really important scene in the movie, and I think that is, like, so critical to that. Yeah. And also, yeah. just because we were talking about budgetary thing and, like, the time and effort that went into this movie, Rowan Blanchard actually said that, like, this was one of her favorite scenes to film kind of ever because they just re- they rented out the trolley and they just rode the tracks like around and around like yeah. filming how do you rent a trolley can i rent a trolley probably if you have the money you could rent a trolley yeah money you the, talks you man the clout and you're gonna show it in a movie that people would see i want to talk about the security guard uh, <laughs> and the whole- dad loves the security guard <laughs> the sec- i guess something about the way he delivered the lines about like black belts to brown belts to yellow belt but i'm a really great i'm really advanced yellow belt i thought like, he was just like so who was he talking to? <laughs> he was just like so bad that i loved him and then him being haunted like oh, we, we, i wanted to talk but- more about more about the halloween aspect in that when we saw what this movie was we were yeah. worried that this was going to be a not really like a, just a forced Halloween yeah, movie, yeah. and the fact that they have the haunting, that they have it, so much of the costumes as an integral part, and then the great romp and the swamp stuff really make, gives it a Halloweeny feel. And I would like watch this in future Halloweens. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about the romp and the swamp, and especially that montage that we love. Yes, the musical yeah. montage of them collecting all the items. all the things they need to build a still. So great, <laughs> great instructions on how to build a still for kids. <laughs> That's a great montage. That was another great yes, scene. Yes, fantastic. The, just the mise-en-scene of yes. Romp in the Swamp. The yes. costuming, the lighting, the intricacy of the set itself, and every, all the different aspects of it. Just fantastic. Like, yeah. So much fun. Another, I, want, I want to be there. Another great scene, before I forget, is the uh, cinematography of when they're in... This is earlier. I'm trying... I'm yeah. backtracking, but... When they're in the house and then Molly's like walking out of her room and we're, we're outside from the window looking in and the camera is panning left and we're kind of following her into the hallway mm. and then she disappears and we're panning left and we go into the window of Cleo's room and we see Cleo in there. That just was a really nice yeah. cut right there. That's just, that's a good scene. We A big thing we haven't talked about at all yet really is the visual effects here. Yeah, very tasteful. Yeah, I, I, it's, I don't think it's like outstanding like i've certainly seen better for invisibility. special effects but it's better than what i would expect yes. to become like nothing took me out of it really it seems like they spent their time and did it right at yeah. least it was very very solid i especially like the mist on paris when she's at the cemetery and we were to, talking... i mean to a certain extent it must be technology right it's just oh yeah what that it's getting better yeah it's getting yeah. better so it's yeah. easier to not be tacky but, oh, yeah. but there, there are definitely decisions made that made it and uh, we were talking about how we like seeing Rowan in ge- and just in general. We don't we don't like the sitcom camera yeah. format. And the fact she's, we like seeing her sets be- with depth, yeah. cameras that actually follow. 
I mean, as a for acting, like actual acting, (laughs) this is a film, and it's like it's uh, that's the thing, like on the television, a motion picture production company. As 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 going on, as someone who like has a film degree, like. I definitely know that sitcoms, like, have their place, and I enjoy sitcoms, obviously, like Boy Meets World, but they are not really utilizing film in the way that a film should be utilizing film. They are a play that's recorded in a lot of of ways, which, like, sure, but, like, there's so much more you can do when you can see a close-up of the actor's face and when you can move the camera with whatever view, and, like, especially think about that scene where they haunt the security guard. Yeah. You can't even do something even remotely as good as that if you can't, you know, it's just... And also, speaking of the close-ups on the actor's face, is I liked seeing Rowan do another vulnerable scene here in the gym, in the trust circle with the bunny, and talking about... And Cleo's talking about herself, of, like, she's not this shining light, she's not the person everyone's drawn to. I'm not the girl you think I am. (laughs) Yeah, you know, moths don't want me, they want my sister. Does Rowan love bunnies? (laughs) I mean, you're assuming she wrote the movie. I think they wrote it because she loves bunnies. (laughs) This whole movie... (laughs) This whole movie was just like, wait a minute, Rowan Blanchard likes bunnies. (laughs) I got a movie for you. Written, directed, and produced by Rowan Blanchard. Someday. someday. I can't wait to hear those words. I totally believe that. I agree with you. I believe that will happen. I wouldn't even be be surprised if it happened before she was 20. Yeah. She's a superhuman. (laughs) We love her. I want to be her when I grow up. (laughs) Do you have other big things? We haven't talked about the big, big big thing, but if you have other things. Duchess Invisible? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert! This movie has invisibility. Confirmed. What, what do you mean by the big thing? The big, the whole ending issue with the the time, the countdown to. No, no, no! I'm talking about how your your biggest issue with the morals of the movie. Oh, um, yeah. okay. I wanted to talk more that. about before we get into that. Yeah. Uh, Molly, uh, it's about midnight. It takes the body 24 hours to digest something, so she has to take the antidote at this time because. Because well, time limits are really big because in Because Cinderella. Yeah, essentially. And, well, I mean, Halloween Town. Yeah, I get yeah. No, I mean, honestly, like yeah. as far as like as a filmmaker, as a script, as a scriptwriter, giving like a specific deadline, building yeah. the stakes, building the pressure. It know. works. And how she she stops. She doesn't take the antidote right away because they're all about to get in trouble, and she wants the teacher because they're in the barn, which is off limits. Yeah. The barn is off. And I like how they set that off before where Carter was like, wait a minute, isn't the barn off on this? And they just go, and it was very casual. It was casual. And it was the science teacher. Molly didn't want Cleo to just. Yes. To just get in trouble, and so she threw flour on her so that the teacher could see her, yeah. show that she was turned invisible. And it was more than just her trying to save them from trouble. It was she wanted to make sure that if it did work, that she got the recognition yeah. for yeah. having done it at all. In the yeah, first yeah place. she wanted everyone to know she had done something great. Yeah. It did feel um, just because this has become Disney's sort sort of mo. It, it reminded me of Frozen as far as the sister. This has also been repeated recently in, in The um, Martyrdom of the Sister. Yeah, the, it reminded me of what was this, the what's the one with the horns and Maleficent. Maleficent ended up changing and doing a very similar thing too with a climactic thing where like so the woman sacrifices herself for another woman type of thing. Um, it's becoming like I'm not I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I like that if you do it over and over again it's become a bad thing, but uh, it, it did remind me of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Do you want to go to the big thing? Yeah, let's go. Alright, so as far as the morals go, I think we... Our biggest issue is... Honestly, something that to most people probably seems silly is that when they show... Cleo, when everybody's happy at the yeah. end. Yes, yeah. yeah, so and everything is worked out. At doing fro- eating Froyo, she is not dressed as she's Cleo, not Cleo at all yeah. anymore. Yeah, like, there's no reminiscence of the punk. She's lost the punk, the pink, the punk hair streak. Yeah. The pink hair streak, she, which was more just to look like Molly, but I don't like that that's stuck. Yeah. Like, before it was a disguise, and now she's just assimilating to her sister. Yeah. She's completely dressed in a fashion of her sister, yeah, not herself. No more sweaters, like... no more jeans, no more flannel. I think she was still in jeans. She... No, she was in, she was in, like, equestrian pants. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but she was dressed like a preppy girl, very rich preppy fashionista kind of. I don't know if I go as far as fashionista, but preppy. No, no, like very, like lots of accessories. No, I agree like, with him on that. Um, like very catalog, yeah. very, very like, yeah, very like. It was very put together. She actually thought about her outfit rather than you know grab. Well, I believe that the the other version also, like especially the the opening scene version, I believe picked out her outfit specifically. No, no, I'm not way. saying I, I don't think that this outfit became our problems with Girl Meets World. Yeah, the problem is that she is now cured of her own personality. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah. she needs to let go of her. She, she was too edgy before. Now she can't yeah. be like... To, she, to be happy, she has to assimilate yeah. and yeah. become... She has to become like her sister to be happy. She has to become yeah. normal to be happy. There are... There are some things, underlying things in this movie that I don't necessarily think they really thought about or intended, but there are implications as far as like punk is bad like take off your music. headphones and see the yeah, world like, or yeah if you can't possibly be extroverted and be punk and like it's or just... you can't be introverted and be happy well, it's just i would say uh any sort of sub or counterculture it's saying is inherently wrong it's like really saying like the the idealized normality mm. is correct you know what i mean yeah I, I think that it's tough because I don't disagree with the idea of go out there and experience the world and don't just hide in your bubble and not, especially if it's coming from a place of, because it isn't just she's introverted, it's a place of fear and mm-hmm. uh, feeling bad about herself and insecurity. And so, yes, like especially if you're like a therapist talking to Cleo, you're like, go out and experience the world and that makes yeah. sense. But that doesn't mean that you have to lose your love of that kind of music or liking your pink hair or, like... Change your whole style just to please others. And the way I feel is I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made her look more approachable a little bit. Yeah. I would say if she was dressed normally as she would have, but then had, like, a preppy sweater over it as one thing, so it was more like a... Like a, 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 a combination style thing to show that she was still her, but she yeah. was open to different yeah, things. Yeah, you, you need something that's a hint of yeah. she's still somewhat yeah. of who she was. Because, and she didn't even have her headphones anymore. Yeah, because I think you could make the someone could make the counter argument to what yeah. we're saying of that she was only that she wasn't showing her real self before either. That that was just a disguise because she didn't want to be mm. noticed or to stand out. Or I don't really. Agree I like with punk that. Rowan though. I know you do, but that like I think the idea is that she's not. She's not self actualized yet that she that she's hiding behind this and that isn't the real her and that she's well, that's crazy self actualized as she can't I mean it, this is how she dresses she likes to dress like that I would have actually you know been I mean? a prep all along if I had only been given the chance 
Well, maybe I mean, she... it's not like it has to do with money because yeah. obviously they're rich. They live in a mansion. Yeah, but she doesn't want to be noticed. She wants to be seen as counterculture. She doesn't want anyone to approach her. If that's the case, I, I would actually say if she doesn't want to be noticed, she, would be she more wouldn't drab. dress like that. Yeah, she'd yeah. Be more drab. Yeah. Okay. She wants to be, I think it was the opposite. She wants to be noticed on her own terms. Yeah. I guess, it's, I guess my thinking is that it's just, it's just seeing that ending montage and visually seeing the difference just leaves it too ambiguous of where she's at yeah. so that we can get, we just fill in in our heads that it seems like he's completely changed. And that if you've had a final actual scene where you see how she's acting and maybe she's still listening to music and well, class. It's a, it's a symbolism like, thing. It, yeah. yeah. It's nothing's outright, but it, yeah. it, it is a symbolism thing. And it's obviously they chose to do this. I mean, this is a very yeah. conscious decision to make her like this. Everybody is at the top balcony of the Froyo oh, yeah. place, yeah. and everybody is kind of like that, and everybody's happy yeah. because they're now assimilated to this the kind of yuppie culture, yuppie glamour. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, it's not awesome. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I don't think it destroys the movie by any stretch. It's just really unfortunate because because of the whole rest of the movie was so successful in capturing yeah. that mood and tone, which was natural and organic, and you could believe these characters and, and see I, where they're coming from, and they still had uh, so much of themselves, yeah. and then you throw that on. Yeah, I felt like it was really celebrating who Cleo was a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, you know, it's great that she is this smart, yeah. uh, you know, this smart girl into science, yeah. you know. The, also, part of how she dressed was very practical. You know, yeah. she tied her hair back when she was in the lab. She was a scientist. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other thing is safety first. She, she put had on a her lot goggles. Of loose jewelry that could have got caught in the flasks. They also kind of overly demonize her like sarcasm and snark in that. I think that that like when the when the movie starts and demonize she, her wit. Say, yeah, yeah, as far as that like. Yes, I don't think he's like necessarily super nice and friendly in the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. but he's powerful with her wit. And, like, like yeah. when, when that guy says that thing about you're a vampire and the way she reacts to that so snappily, also even the way she reacts to Carter at the beginning, like, mm-hmm. he's strong. He, or the teacher. Like, yeah, she's not going to be pushed around, and that is, like, a positive to some degree, too. And it is interesting, the Carter thing, the opening Carter thing, I think, is very interesting as far as the layering of the character there because she's being strong and she's being, like, she has a good defense here, but it's also coming from a place of insecurity, and then there's multiple yeah. things going on. Uh, and we, you, you wanted to talk about the uh, her own West, worst Eskimo aspect of this too. You have, yeah, I mean, because yeah. I mean, a lot of it is that the the message of it is that she's sort of standing in her own way. Is that if only she could open up to the world and just be able to go and experience it and like, believe that he's worth it right sort of like, she's, she's, she's her own worst Eskimo like that episode where like, she's standing in her own way the Boy only, Meets World that's episode yeah. do you know what the name of it is it called Eskimo it's the Eskimo okay, yeah. Yeah. season 5 Yeah, and so like that's an interesting correlation I think it's it has a lot of merit I think that it's really it's an interesting message I think maybe they overstated a little bit particularly in this movie because of the end. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It's, it's got fun a great to curl mood. up on the couch with yeah. popcorn. And and... I think this is a fun movie. I think it's yeah. a solid movie. Some nice lighting, some nice cinematography. Mm-hmm. Great mood. Yeah. High expectations for a DCOM, especially a DCOM of today. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to have higher expectations going into Sabrina's movie, having seen this now. And I hope that it actually lives up to 
everything. All right. Are we we good? Yes, I feel good. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, dream. Try. Don't turn your sister invisible. Class Class dismissed. dismissed.